Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we're talking about the most efficient players by play type. So normally when we talk about scoring, we look at it through a shooting percentage lens because that's how we've always done it, and then we've developed better ways to measure that. If you uh, aren't familiar with all the different types of shooting percentages, go to the last podcast. It's the uh, Analytics Iceberg. I explain in like detail how all the different shooting percentages work. But uh, the evolution of it is it has moved to per possession or a per possession basis. And probably if you read um, basketball articles regularly, you'll see this cited. Um, and this is something that is interesting because it incorporates turnovers. Because before, uh, the example I used on the last podcast is, you know, someone drives, they dish it off to a big that big brings the ball down and then they go to dunk it and they get stripped on the way up. That doesn't count as missing a shot, but if that ball bounces off their leg and rolls out of bounds and it's the other team's ball, like you should be accounting for that in their like efficiency with the ball. So that's why we look at per possession now because it helps incorporate turnovers. Same thing for like players that handle the ball a lot. If you're throwing the ball away a ton, um, it can get to be an issue. And just more importantly, it helps you compare uh, players that, it just it just helps with efficiency overall, really, is what it gets down to. So uh, I wanted to look at the best scores in the league per possession. And one of the really cool things we have at Basketball Index is you can look at it by play type. And this is something that I dreamed about as a little kid, but I didn't really, like, know how. Like, I didn't think about it this way, but it was like, oh, I wish, you know, when you're little, you're like, oh, I wish I knew who the best players were. And then it's like, oh, I wish I knew who the best three-point shooters were. And then you have things like three-point percentage and things like that that help. But it's like, oh, you know, who's the best, um, like the best post-up player? That for me was a really big deal as a kid. I really like post-up play. I watched Pau Gasol a lot. I really liked him. And I always wondered who was the best post player because there's different ways. Like Pau Gasol was a really high skill guy, had a lot of moves. And then there was players with more raw power, someone like Shaq. And, you know, there's all different types of ways. And I always wondered what was the most efficient. So what we have today is we have 10 different shot types that are kind of categorizing how we see the modern day game. And then we, I took, I went through the database at basketball index and I found the top three in each of these so i'm just gonna rattle off like just a couple i'm not gonna name them all at once because it's a lot Um, but like there's pick and roll ball handler so you know when someone's in a pick and roll action how many points per possession are they generating when they shoot the ball so again this doesn't incorporate everything it's kind of like again listen to the last podcast about the analytics iceberg where it's like so shooting percentage is useful but it doesn't capture everything and we know that points per possession is useful but it doesn't capture everything. We know that. But as we move forward in time and stats get better and better, we're just capturing more. So again, this is what happens when you shoot the ball in this specific action. Um, Another one is isolation points per possession, where you on an island with someone guarding you who is averaging the most amount of points per possession, taking into account your shots that you make, your shots that you miss, and then the turnovers also that you generate. Uh, So like pick and roll ball handler, isolation, another one like spot up, another one's post up. So I've kind of categorized these into three general things. Uh, I'm going to call it on ball, off ball, and uh, bigs, big rules. Again, everyone can do all these different types. Like anyone can post up, but generally bigger players, I guess I'm going to put in that category. And then at the end, I'm going to talk about who has been the most efficient player 
per possession this year. It's actually a three-way tie, which is interesting. So uh, I'm also not going to tell you what the actual like numbers are because it's a podcast it's going to get really confusing and they're also numbers that like no one is familiar with so like I'll, I'll spoil the first one so for pick and roll ball handler the most efficient player when scoring in those situations is Steph Curry not a surprise an amazing shooter he's at the top of a lot of efficiency uh, metrics but he is averaging 1.14 points per possession and it's one of those things where until you're familiar with any stat, I always give this example, like batting average, we know 300 is a good batting average, but the only reason we know that is because we've seen batting average for so long, uh, we've seen enough of them, and also the commentators, every time someone is above 300, it is noted. Like, no one is familiar with points per possession, really, and then especially when you break it down by play type, like, unless you're re really in the nitty-gritty, and then I don't need to explain this to you. Um, but if you're not those like 87 people in the world, uh, I'm just going to talk about who ranks first, second, and third this year. And then I will talk about what some of the more efficient play types are. So most of the on-ball play types are actually less efficient, but that makes sense, right? Like if you're the if you're in isolation trying to score, that's going to be less efficient than one of the categories is put back points per possession. So that means you're getting an offensive rebound, you're putting the ball back in the basket. You're obviously going to do that at a much higher rate than you know someone scoring in isolation. However, you can't force a putback to be generated every possession, if that makes sense. But you can force an isolation basically every possession if you want to, if you're the offense. So let's start off with a pick and roll ball handler. We have Steph Curry at one. We have Donovan Mitchell at two. And then we have DeMar DeRozan at three. So one of the other things I'm going to do is as I go through, just be like, hey, do these names make sense? Is this what we're expecting? Is this a pleasant surprise? Is this a young player? Yada, yada, yada. So we'll do a little bit of analysis for each one. So Curry at the top, I think that makes sense. Mitchell has been dynamite this year uh, in just really everything. Uh, I think he's also, I think he's shooting something like 45% from three on pull-up threes. I think a, probably a, a fair amount of those pull-up threes are coming on pick-and-roll actions. If teams go under, or they just they just struggle to defend it. And then DeRozan at three, I think that's uh, that's interesting. We, we think of him so much as an isolation player, but being that efficient in pick-and-roll too um, just really helps, you know, add to that value. So... Curry, obviously, at one. Mitchell at two. DeRozan at three. Let's move on to isolation points per game. I think if you're at home and I was like, all right, I'm going to let you guess a handful of players. Just try to get any of the three. I think if you you know, you know, had the chance, I mean, if you paused it right now and you thought like, actually, do it. Pause it right now. And, you know, pick a couple names where I'm like, I think these guys are near the top. Because I think the answers here are... Two really, really obvious ones, and then one that's a pleasant surprise, but when I say it, you're like, oh, that, that makes sense based on how the year's going. So for isolation points per possession, Kyrie is number one. Um, and if you watch him play, you're like, well, that's the shiftiest person I've ever seen, so that makes sense. Uh, DeRozan is number two, so two DeRozans really quick off the bat here. Uh, that, that makes sense too. Obviously he's known for that. He's a generational player in the mid range. And then number three, Lori Markenden. Uh, and I think that is one of those things where that makes this year make sense. He's had such a breakout year and it was actually interesting. I was talking to someone about who was the most improved player in the league this year. Uh, Halliburton comes up a lot. Lori marketing comes up. Uh, Nick Claxton comes up and it's, it's interesting because it's one of those things it's difficult to sometimes decide who the most improved player is because 
you everyone has to kind of agree on where people were last year. And the thing about Laurie is like he was a pretty good player on the Cavs last year. Like he wasn't just like a salary throw in in the trade for Mitchell this offseason. Like Laurie Markin was like a legit rotational player who was pretty good that had interesting size. And then obviously he breaks out this year and he's been devastating in isolation. He's been the third best player on a per possession basis. So if you like the Jazz or you like Laurie Markin, that's a really good strong indicator. Um, because that's not a cheap way to score points. Isolation, very difficult. Um, moving on. This is where we start to get into, like, I wasn't exactly sure how we should categorize these. I think we're going to keep calling this on ball. Uh, handoff points per possession. So uh, if you think of a DHO hub like Sabonis or uh, who would be another good example of that, uh, Joker can do that. Basically, like, bigs at the elbow handing off to players. Uh, a lot of the times they can shoot it off that or they can drive and you can generate points that way. It's a it's a, a kind of a different version of the pick and roll in terms of like generating some space for the uh, the ball handler by putting a big in the way. And Gary Trent Jr. was number one. And that surprised me. I would have thought that I don't I'll be, I'll, I'll be very frank here. I don't watch a lot of basketball games that take place in Canada. I'm also not in the right time zone. I'm in San Diego, so it's difficult. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. is, so my, my description of him is bombs away. Like whenever I see him get the rock, it feels like it's going up. So I do, I really like when shooters take advantage of the the handoff because I feel like you're able to set your feet really well around handoffs because you don't have the ball prior to getting it. So you can like take as many steps as you want. A lot of times they're like short steps, setting up steps, like uh, angling your shoulders and your hips towards the hoop. Like you have a lot of time to try to get yourself ready then taking that handoff um, and then obviously shooting it or driving. So Gary Trent, number one, LaMelo, number two, that was a surprise. And then Herder, number three. And I think Herder makes sense. He's having a breakout year on the Kings um, and he has been a really efficient three-point shooter. Obviously, playing with Sabonis, you're just going to get a lot of handoffs. But yeah, that uh, that kind of wraps up our, our on-ball. We had pick-and-roll ball handler, where Steph was the most efficient. We had isolation, where Kyrie was. And then, uh, kind of a surprise, we had Gary Trent and handoffs. Um, the next one, off-screen, kind of a hybrid of, of on-ball and off-ball, whatever you want to categorize it as, I don't really care. Um, but basically, coming off-screens, you can either shoot it or you can get into your dribble. And surprisingly, number one, Grant Williams. Um, I, I I think of him as a role player, and I was surprised that he was getting the volume to be high enough in this. Oh, another thing with uh, all of these points per possession, I definitely should have said this at the top of the podcast, is these are all padded. Um, they're all stabilized. And if you've listened to we've, – we've done a podcast on that. If you – I think the old podcast was like – this is why I get cute with naming things and then I regret it. It was like stabilization in you or something. And it was like a really basic introduction into what stabilization is. And it's basically uh, introducing a certain amount of league average attempts and makes to everyone at the beginning of the year to pad out small sample sizes. So the, like the problem with this, right, is if you don't have any – you have to like build an arbitrary cutoff or something because you can't have someone taking one attempt on an off screen and then like hitting it and being like, well, guess what? There were three points per possession because they took one three off the screen and they didn't play the rest of the year. Like you run into leaderboard problems like that. So then you have to like come up with these cutoffs that are like kind of random or like 
you know, can sometimes punish players or not others because it's just honestly where the podcaster decides to put it. <laughs> um, but with padding, it's good because it just basically says, okay, everyone at the beginning of the year just gets X amount of, like, we'll just say this is this is not the actual number, but just for example, like 100 attempts in each of these. And then there's league average scoring on what, which I don't know, it would probably be like, you're making like 40 something of them of the 100. And then starting from game one, everyone has that as their baseline. And then you start going forward with the things that actually happen. And like at first it sounds really weird, but then when you realize that it's very helpful because like if you have someone playing 200 minutes and they're shooting like 56% from three, it's like, well, they're probably not going to do that because they're going to play around 1800 minutes this year so they barely played they had a hot start or vice versa if you get off to a really really slow start and you're shooting like 28 percent from three it's like well they're probably not going to do that because they're a career 40 percent three-point shooter and if you have the padding in there it just helps um kind of pull the small samples back to the middle and then as the year goes as your uh, uh you know attempts go up things like that you can pull yourself away from the padding so uh, Grant Williams, surprising there because he is leading the league in off-screen points per possessions uh, over in Boston. Uh, Boyong Bogdanovich, uh, the one in Detroit. <laughs> it's very confusing. There's a lot of guys with a, a similar last name and maybe two of them with a similar first name. I always get them mixed up. The one in Detroit, the one that got traded to the Jazz and has been tearing it up. Uh, he's been second in off-screen. And then Franz Wagner uh, over in Orlando has been third, second-year player, catching a lot of people's eyes, uh, a tall player, a big player. Uh, with some legit skills. So those are definitely three interesting names in off-screen, uh, three guys that I don't think we talk about all the time, but skill sets like that are valuable, and they're nice to have, especially like in role players like Grant Williams. So we're going to move over to off-ball. So you're going to, like if you're looking at the Basketball Index website and you're looking at all of these different play types, you're going to see that like we're getting more efficient. So the on-ball stuff is the hardest stuff to do. That's why you have your best players do it. Um, next, we're going to move to off ball and just generally the points per possession are higher. So like just for example, so we're going to look at transition here and Joe Harris of the Nets is first in points per possession at 1.39. So like if you think about it in transition, you can either score two or three points. Probably most of the time you're scoring two points. You're generating about for Joe Harris 1.4 points uh, per attempt. And then if you look at Steph Curry as a pick and roll ball handler, he's averaging 1.14. So it's 1.1 compared to about 1.4. So like there's a little bit of a difference there just because the play type is more efficient. Like in transition, you're just going to make more of your shots. So Joe Harris at one is a surprise. Uh, Devin Vassell of the Spurs is there at two. I know he's a young and upcoming player. And then Tyrese Maxey at three. And Maxey makes a lot of sense because that guy's just a blur in transition. He's really hard to keep up with. Uh, but you're seeing two role players there and then Vassell who uh, I think we're still trying to figure out what he is, but it looks like he could maybe be uh, one of your ball handlers. So uh, moving on, spot up points per possession. And I think this is another one where maybe you could uh, you could pause it and you could try to guess. The top two guys, uh, again, are stars. And then number three is somebody that's having a breakout season. So number one in spot up points per possession is Kevin Durant. Uh, basically, everything he's shooting is going in this year. So no matter what play type, he's pretty high in it. Um, Steph Curry, uh, again, at two, and then Lori Markkinen at three. So that's uh, two spots for Curry on the list, and then two spots for Markkinen. So Markkinen's interesting because he's been the third best player in isolation points per possession, and then he's also been the third best player in spot-up points per possession. So 
uh, kind of however you're using him on or off ball, he's been really, really strong, which again, really good indicator moving forward for him being a pretty good player in the league. So the next one here is on cuts. This is a fun one. This is something that I have uh, I have noted while watching the game. Uh, we have LeBron at one. We have Jimmy Butler at two. And then we have Mitchell Robinson at three, the center from the New York Knicks. And the interesting nugget here for LeBron is, so LeBron cutting from the top of the key I think I said this maybe on a previous, maybe a basketball index, maybe five months ago. I'm going to rub it in uh, because, you know, it just feels so good being right. Uh, LeBron cutting from the top of the key is one of the most devastating things I've ever seen in basketball in my, I don't know, 15 years, eh, 10-ish to 15 years watching basketball. The LeBron cut from the top of the key is just absolutely devastating to defenses i am pretty sure it is the most efficient shot type this year so of all the different transitions spot ups isolation uh cuts lebron cutting is the best thing in the league still which i mean you could take this so many different ways of one he is just a fantastic basketball player all around um some stars do not cut (laughs) some of them stand not only do they stand stationary at the top of the key but they do this weird thing not going to name names. They do this weird thing where they just back up slowly. Where like while the the action is happening, all of a sudden they're like seven feet away from the three point line, and it's like I don't know what you I, well, you're just you've just removed yourself from the play. Um, but LeBron is an excellent cutter, and when he has people to find him, he is literally a freight train that is the best thing in the league. Uh, Jimmy Butler, just again, all around really good basketball player. And then Mitchell Robinson, the the probably the best garbage man in the NBA, and I mean that as a compliment. Uh, we're gonna move on to big. So we've we've gone through two thirds of the podcast. We're flying here. Uh, we're gonna look at pick and roll, uh, <laughs> pick and roll ball. What 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 did I write down in these notes? This doesn't make any sense. Basically, in pick and roll, you have the ball handler, and then you have the roll man. <laughs> this is the roll man points per possession. So again, this is a really efficient shot type. Whenever the big is able to get the ball and pick and roll. It's pretty devastating. Also, I just saw some numbers on this that I never knew what the ratio of ball handler keeping it and shooting uh, versus roll man getting the ball versus... So when you're in pick and roll, oftentimes like rotations have to start happening because you have to help with the roll man. And then that's when the ball handler sprays it to shooters. Specifically, that's where you see a lot of corner threes happen because a lot of the time the low man rotates over from the corner to try to help with that roller. Um, And then obviously you kick it out there. If the roll man's taken away, you get a three attempt or you, you start moving the ball from there. But the roll man doesn't actually get the ball that much. I wanna say, I saw a Twitter post, it was a graphic, where in a pick and roll situation, the roll man gets the ball like, like it's something like 15 or 20% of the time. It's really, really low because if a center is catching the ball a foot away from the rim and like their big is not standing between them and the basket, that's going to result in a lot of dunks. So it makes sense that defenses are like, well, we can't be giving this shot up very often. Christian Wood is number one on the list on the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Wenyan Gabriel on the Lakers is number two. He's a reserve. And then Dwight Powell, again, on the Mavericks, number three. What I thought was interesting here is you have two Dallas Mavericks. You have Christian Wood and Dwight Powell. And I think this really speaks to Luka's, not only his gravity, but his passing ability to generate, again, because if you're having your attempts padded, 
you need to have quite a few attempts to separate yourself from the pack, right? Because everything's pulling you back to the middle. If you're going to have really high efficiency and you need these numbers, you need some amount of volume or else you're going to not be able to separate yourself from the pack. So Christian Wood and Pal, two bigs are generating volume as the role man, which is impressive in one offense. And uh, both these guys are good at it, not to take anything away from them, but being coupled with Luca, I think really can help elevate that. Uh, moving on, post-up points per possession. This is, again, this is, uh, this is me talking to my inner child right now. This is, uh, this is what I came for. This is what I enjoy. Jason Tatum leading the league in post-up points per possession. But it makes sense. Like, Tatum is a, he's a big wing, uh, seems to be a fairly strong guy, and has taken it to another level in the post this year, which is, I think, something he needed to add something to his offensive game to add some sort of like stability to it because you saw in the finals last year um, he didn't have a particularly good final. So it's it's good that he it seemed to have worked on something and is really excelling there. After that, Embiid uh, is tied at second, which makes sense. And then Joker. So Joker and Embiid are tied at two and three with the same uh, points per possession. So Tatum, Embiid, and then Joker. And then the last one is putbacks, which is again, offensive rebound. You get it, you put it right back up. Giannis, number one, not a surprise there. Um, this is the second most efficient shot other than the LeBron cut. We have the Giannis putback. And then at two, Bull Bull. When you're that tall, <laughs> I imagine you're going to generate a lot of offensive rebounds and a lot of putbacks. And then Julius Randle at three. Um, I wonder what the Julius Randle, if some of those are him getting his own offensive rebound and putting it back in. And again, this is uh, where something like points per possession can shine because if it's shooting percentage, that's going to count as a miss and then a make. But like a lot of the times, like this happens with Zion a lot of the time where he'll drive and he'll get through like five people and then he'll, because he's had to like do all these crazy contortions, he'll leave it short or something. But then he knows he's able to just sort of explode, grab the ball and put it back in. And like anyone that's played a lot of basketball, there are certain, certain situations where like you go to shoot the ball knowing you're going to just grab it again and put it in. So I wonder if that's the case with Randall because just of the type of game that he has. But yeah, we just rattled through. This is me at, at warp speed. Um, looking at the most efficient scores in the league by play type, um, by possession. And again, we have the padding built into it. The three most efficient shots in the league are the LeBron cut this year, the Giannis putback, and then the Christian Wood roll man finish. Um, and then I think I'm going to tease this at the top of the podcast, so I probably should answer it. The three most efficient players on a point per possession basis uh, it's a three-way tie, actually. Daniel Gafford, the center on Washington. Thomas Bryant, the reserve center for the uh, the, the Celtics, the Lakers, their arch enemy. And then lastly, the small forward from Brooklyn, Yuta Watanabe. They're all tied at the top of the leaderboard, four points per possession at 1.28. So if you're wondering, points per possession are really hard because, again, we're really not familiar with this. It's really hard. You have to remember it for all these different types of categories. It's really, this is one where you want to go with percentile of the league. Like, if someone's like 95th percentile or higher, like, that's really, really good, obviously. And then if someone's, you know, below 50th percentile, they're very, very bad. But this is where the letter grades and the percentile are really useful at Basketball Index. On everyone's player profile, we'll have this at the very bottom. And, uh, yeah, it's just a good kind of way to figure out who's good at what, who's excelling at what, because when you're putting a team together or, you know, you want, you're going after someone in a trade, things like that, these types of values can really be uh, beneficial. 
So yeah, we talked about the three most efficient players and points per possession. We talked about the three most efficient shot types or shots by you know LeBron, Giannis, Christian Wood uh, this year. We explained what points per possession were. We talked about padding. We went through all the different categories. I think I made a little list of players that appeared more than once. DeRozan was on there twice. Steph Curry was on there twice. Laurie Markkinen was on there twice. Mm, scanning right now. I might have missed one. Well, if I missed one, I don't know, just let me know on Twitter at TaylorMetrics. I think that's everybody. Um, but yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Basketball Index Podcast. 